what's going on listeners welcome back to matt goes to the movies and we are here to continue talking about the john wick series with john wick chapter two which is another first for rob as he on this journey in november into december and uh rob we both were highly highly um well we praised highly praised the first movie and I feel like the second movie gives you a lot of the same, but also increases the, you know, uh, increases the stakes. So I'm going to be really interested to see what your thoughts are on, on chapter two of John Wick, as this is the first time that you've seen this one as well. So welcome back. Yeah, thank you uh, again. Thank you for choosing these, um, because it. I watched the first one and I, I said to you, why did I wait so long to watch this? Um, I finished the second one probably about 15 minutes before we went on air tonight. And again, I'm thinking to myself throughout the entire movie, what kind of idiot am I that I waited this long to watch this movie? Like I'm a complete moron. I don't like people should not listen to anything I have to say about movies because I waited this long to watch a movie that is, that was this good. Like what kind of moron am I that I didn't see this yet? Well, you know, uh, certainly, I mean, if anybody has listened to these episodes and has heard anything about you, I, I can understand it. You got little ones that don't always, you know, lend you time and their activities to, to watch something like this. And this is not certainly a movie that you're going to watch in front of your kids. Uh, they're certainly not at that age yet. Um, nope. (laughs) So I, I could certainly see how this would have been like, yeah, I just don't really have time to to watch this one, but uh, I'm excited. You've got a lot of returning cast. You've got certainly new faces and and some people that I was pleasantly surprised with um, in this movie, uh, especially based on sometimes what you normally get. And, you know, the the first thing that I'm going to talk about here is were you surprised by any of the actors? Because the one that I was most surprised by was Common. I was really impressed with him in this movie, actually. Yeah, and without pulling up his IMDb in front of me, I know I've seen him in other things and find him to be a very credible actor. I I think there's not a huge list of musicians and actors that can flow seamlessly in between both. You know, I think maybe uh, Will Smith and LL Cool J kind of stand out. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think, although he's not really been a musician in quite some time. Um, Oddly enough, Keanu Reeves is in a band called Dog Star that nobody cares about. So I guess, you know, there's that too. Um, it's, it's hard to do. And, um, no, he's, I've, I've enjoyed him in everything that I've seen him in. Uh, there's a couple times later in the movie, they probably should have gone to a stunt double, but then there's other times where the action he does pull off is, is well done. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a mixed bag there, but no, I, I definitely enjoyed him. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk some more about some of the other people, but you know, basically this movie is, it's a direct continuation of the first one um where i i really love this opening and it just again the the way that they build john how you know not only does there's a lot of show of respect but there's also still that fear and that's one of the things that i like that continues over into this movie is just this this myth and this legend of john wick 
is is everywhere. He certainly has to travel international in this movie, but you can see like the the respect that people in this, you know, brotherhood, fraternity, this secret society have for this character. And I, I thought it was just another like well done job, like creating this bigger myth about him. Yeah, it's almost um, you know, it's kind of like the the assassin version of the Beatles. Like he's, you know, he's revered as this god figure, but you like when he shows up, um body bags are going to start having to get pulled out and used. Like you have to buy the body bags in like the industrial role when this guy shows up because just getting them one at a time is is not going to You kind of got to go to like BJ's or Sam's Club and get them in bulk cuz otherwise you're going to run into some problems. I love that this the actions of the previous film really set in motion what we see here. Um, there's there, we just talked about this a little bit ago, but there's so many parallels between this series and the Jason Bourne series that we just covered recently. Um, I love that there's a natural continuation. I love that the events of this aren't necessarily tied into some kind of new MacGuffin that they just came up for the purpose of. Hey, people seem to like that first one. Keanu wants to come back. You guys want to just make a sequel and and cash a check? There, there. It feels natural. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like there's new elements that are being introduced just for the sake of a sequel. It, it's a natural continuation of the world, and and I love it. And we get more world building. You know, the the impossible task that was referenced in the first one. There's so many things about that. Um, that are still very mysterious um, that we still don't even fully get an explanation of in this film. Um, it does such a great job of, again, setting the motion, this as a natural progression of where we leave off in the first. Um, I, I just love the mystery and the deeper lore being built around it. It's it's not a cheap cash. And it's, it's a true sequel that, that builds on the first and, I mean, we talked about this, I, I don't know how many other times, how many other sequels can you think of that are better than the first or not a noticeable drop off in quality? There's not many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I think maybe the only thing that is a drop off in this movie for me, and I, I'm going to get this out of the way because it's it's one of the only things that I really take issue with is there are certain scenes where the general public seems way too nonchalant with what's going on around them. Uh, It happens in the subway. Like I know when the subway, the the subway car stops, like the people get out, that's a flight later that, you know, John has. Um, But even when they're walking through and like they're fighting, you know, in the subway before getting on the train, when they're shooting at each other from like across like the mall or where whatever building they're in, because they really don't know. Um, there just seems to be like a lot of casual people like, oh, I wonder what that was. Or, oh, hey, there's two guys fighting. Um, and not just like two guys fighting, like two guys with knives going after each other. And that's like my only real complaint about this movie that I had kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, like, it just seems way too casual at certain points. 100%. There's way too many when, when he's taking off and they're all coming after him. Um, there's way too many bodies and way too many public places and way too much violence going on. Like, I know it's New York and people are like, Oh, must be Tuesday. You know, <laughs> guys on the subway are stabbing each other. 
Do you guys right? want to get some Starbucks when we're when we get off here? Yeah, let's go yeah. ahead. You, you know, like you're not make me late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, I get that, but it still seems odd that um, it doesn't trigger anything else to happen. Like you don't get cops showing up throughout this whole melee, which honestly is better for for storytelling purposes because mm-hmm. you like that introduces a whole other element. Like there's there's no police really. I mean, there's the one guy that's his friend that right, you know probably on the take or whatever to, to kind of cover up for him. But outside of that, like the, all of this exists in its own like sense of law and order. They have their own rules. They have their own people that enforce the rules. You know, it, it just, it just, when you add like actual real cops or FBI, I think that would complicate the story in a way that doesn't work, but you're, you're right. There's just way too casual. And I guess, I'm just going to go ahead and get it out there. One of my biggest complaints about this movie, and I don't have many, but there is an over-reliance on silencers in this movie that don't actually work in reality the way that we're shown in movies. And that always bothers me. Mm-hmm. A, a, a silencer on a gun, it's it's really more accurate to call it a suppressor than a silencer. Because in movies, when you've got in this in the same way in video games, too. When you put the silencer on the gun, it takes something that normally shoots, you know, makes a noise at around like a hundred and 60 to 130 decibels, which is, uh, by the way, 130 decibels is a threshold of pain. Um, you know, uh, most guns, when they go off, they're in that range. It's well over the threshold of pain. And it, and it really drops it to like 120 decibels is really what they do. So it's below the threshold of pain, but it's still about the set, like the level of a jackhammer. Okay. Or louder than a chainsaw, but more like a jackhammer. Yet they sound pew, 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 pew. Yeah. It makes it sound like you dropped a rubber eraser on the floor is, is how they do it in video games and movies. And, and that's not really how it works. And part of my problem with it is not only is that not how it works, but there are so many people that guns are not their thing. And that's fine. Guns don't have to be your, if you're not into it, you don't have to, you don't have to shoot one. You don't have to own one. You don't have to interact with one if you don't want to. But there are a lot of people because they don't have any real life experience with firearms that they get a lot of their information about how they think firearms do and don't work from movies, from TV, from other media, like games and comics and things like that. And there's a lot of people based on movies that think that silencers are this big evil thing that we need. And and the silencer just, it's not even an accurate name for it. So um, that, that does bother me and I'm going to get off my soapbox now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's because again, like they're shooting right next to people in one scene and like nobody can like supposedly hear these guns going off. But again, there's some, there's some small minor things. Um, but you know, the, the story of, of this movie, this continuation is, I I mean, first and foremost, you get the chase scene where he goes to get back his car. I really like that scene. I also love too, cause I was thinking it, um, while it was happening, but he literally gets this car back and it's more of like principle to get it. Um, (laughs) Because he destroys the crap out of this thing, getting out of this, uh, you know, this predicament that he's in. But um, Aurelio, John Leguizamo's character, is back um, briefly in this movie. He doesn't have a lot, you know, he doesn't have a lot to do. But he says, like, what I was thinking. He's like, Jesus, John, I thought you loved this car. And he's like, well, (laughs) you can fix it because it's just beat to hell. 
Uh, and they never talk price, right? That's right. I love that. It's just it's just call me when it's done. He doesn't even say what's what's the estimate. <laughs> yeah, and you know we get we get into the story of the uh, a crime boss who is is part of this world, uh, Santino De Antonio, um, who helped John, and we still don't know exactly how he helped him in this task that allowed him to leave this life. Um, but one of like their unbreakable bonds is, um, what's it called? Why am I thinking of the name? The medallion. And yeah, it's like the blood oath. The the marker, and it's it, it's a blood oath. So like John owes this guy. He's come to collect, and John tells him, "No, like," I, and I actually thought that was like really good. You know, you find out this guy's an asshole, but I actually really like that scene where he's like. I don't want to do this. And John's like, then don't ask me. I really did like that because mm-hmm. I feel like this movie actually does it more so than the first one. Even it does a really good job of bringing tension into the mix. And there's, there's like a natural progression of buildup where I was like, you know, I, I like when I first saw it now, granted most of it, I know what's happening, but it's like, man, like what's going on. Um, did you sense that since you've watched this for the first time? Like, I just felt like it ramped up as the movie went on of, okay, what is going to happen? Where is this going? I I thought they did a really good job with that. Absolutely. And the thing that I really keyed in on, and this is maybe one of my favorite things about this series in general so far has been, it takes normal Hollywood conventions and tropes for the most part and dumps them on their head. There's a lot of ways that Hollywood could cookie cutter write that scene that you're describing and it's not done that way at all um at least in, I, I don't believe so i i really enjoyed where he was like please don't ask this like i like just don't like really do yourself a favor and don't and it made me more curious what is this what's going on here you know it it draws you deeper and deeper into the into this world into who these characters are and just the, the economy of how their world works, you know, these gold coins, and then they have these other markers and things like that. You want to know more. And what's amazing is they only like, you only see it actually in action. This movie never, the series never really stops to explain itself. It lets the audience kind of figure it out and fill in the blanks on their own. And I love that. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that's such a perfect way to describe it. And you know, John, after getting his house blown up, eventually, you know, he goes to the Continental to talk to Winston and says, look, it's, you know, it's one of two rules. You don't kill on Continental grounds and you have to honor the marker. Otherwise, it's a death sentence. Um, so John agrees. He meets with Santino, um, San Antonio. Um and, you know, agrees to to kill his sister because he wants his spot at the head table. Uh, well, he wants her spot at the high table. And I just, again, it's so, it's so simple. But I love that to get guns, they present it like it's a goddamn wine tasting. Oh, well, it's so fun. He's like, I'd like a tasting, something bold. What about for the end of the night? Like that whole scene, like I'm just. And again, like this is a fictional universe where the I mean, we'll talk about it. The body count is high as hell in this movie. Um, But it's just so like I'm sitting here watching this just like 
having fun with the fact that like yeah he's going to use this to kill a lot of people <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and it's so casual the way they're they're conducting business just the same way you and i would go in and buy a slurpee <laughs> right yeah exa- right exactly what do you want cherry or, or raspberry <laughs> yeah and it's it's um i actually think the gearing up montage we've seen the in other action movies there's always a gearing up montage right but the way they do it here where he's getting fitted at the tailor and he's getting the mm-hmm. you know the bulletproof linings put in and stuff like that it's there just there's so there's such a charm about this series and and the rules and the and the way that this world conducts itself that uh, I am absolutely enthralled by and you know we don't have a lot to go off of but again I just feel like part of it for me is the way that like everybody talks to john part of that charm is in that for me like it's just weird because we don't see them really talking to any other like we don't see the tailor talking to any of these other hitmen or anything but there's just something about it where i feel like they almost talk to john in a different manner and like i'm just making that up completely in my head but that's the way i choose to to see it that's part of the charm for me is the way that they interact with John. Yeah. And, and again, thinking back to some of the things that we praise about the first movie, it, they treat this crazy world, this crazy job that these hitmen have as just any other nine to five, like whatever, like for those of you listening right now, whatever your job is, they don't treat this any different than you treat your job. Like the whole exchange with common, you know, when he first meets him is, is just great. Like it's, they're having the conversation you work in again. And it's, and it's like asking him, did you file your TPS reports? Like it's, it's in the same tone. It's, it's, and it's great. Even Winston has a line when he's first talking to John, he's like, without it, we're no better than the animals. And it's like, yeah, like this is just everyday normal life to them. You, it's very believable. Um, and it like, just, I honestly believe that he's got a 401k. Right. Somebody's yeah. giving him a 401k out of this. Yeah. And, you know, as in that conversation that you said, um, with common and John, his commons character's name is Cassian in this. Um, I even, again, in the scope of this world before that happens, you know, John carries out his mission, um, to kill, uh, to kill Gianna. And I really like that scene as well. I, I mm-hmm. thought there, there's, again, there's a weird respect there. Like she doesn't try to fight it. She takes her own life, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's tasteful actually kind of like. That could have been a lot weirder. You're right. Yeah, It could have. And that's, it it feels weird saying that. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, she only slits her wrists and sits in a hot bath naked. I mean, what's, what's weird about that? It's like, it could have been a lot more gratuitous. Like it's right. And it wouldn't have added anything if they had. Right. It's not like you actually see anything when she's naked. Like you see her back. Like it's. It's almost shot tasteful in a in a weird way. And like even the the weird like respect of John, like holding her hand for a second. Yeah, there's there's just something really weird and like. 
I don't want to say calming, but if you've watched the movie, you probably feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he wants to be there in the first place, um, but he has to be. Yeah. And he is sharing a moment of intimacy with another human being as that person passes on to the next world. Yeah. And like he understands the gravity of that. Right. And even too, like when he talks to Common, you know, he like he knows what this is. Well, I should say Cassian, but he knows what this is going to lead to. And the realization, too, of Cassian, like. You know, he says, hey, John, you working again? Yes. But that you can see it, that realization that like, oh, my God. Like he's here for he calls her my ward, someone that I was close to. You get the idea. You get the impression that he really, really cared for her. Um, but again, I like that because they just kind of leave it open ended. They don't like it's not like, oh, they were a couple. They were a thing. But in this world, there's it's just like whether it's a deep respect for her, or whatever the case may be, like you can tell that Cassian like really cared about that person and, and is devastated that she's gone. But I like that they don't make it anything else. Like you can draw your own conclusions and you could be right. You could be wrong, but it doesn't matter. What matters is they do a very good job presenting that this meant something to him. Absolutely. And what I think really makes that sell even more is I and I don't know necessarily that I believe they were an item or romantically together, or he had romantic feelings for, I don't know that I necessarily believe that or not. I mean, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Um, But what's interesting is, you know, for Cassian, as far as he's concerned, like he's out of a job, right? You know, like he's, he's not going to still be collecting that paycheck. And yet something about her was important enough to him that he's going to continue to go after John, even after he's, off the hook now for, for that role, um, which was, which was really interesting. There's, there's something else there. And I, and I would love to see that. I kind of thought again, thinking about how this movie doesn't follow the normal tropes in most cases of things we see in Hollywood. When you think about how he gets in, it's not like a boss battle per se to get to her. And then there's the big standoff. Like that was cool. It's the antithesis of a boss battle. She kills herself. You know, right. and like, and it's quiet and it's a, it's a talking scene. The, the real battle is on his way out. It's his extrication. That's the battle. The, that's the great action scene. It's, it's not the way in. And I love that about this movie. And Jesus, is it, is it a battle? Um, no. you, you thought the first movie had a body count. I mean, you, you better have two seatbelts on for this one because he, my God, um, that escapes, <laughs> that is, that escape scene is just, I love too, how he's so precise. Like again, like the, the in the context of the movie, we're just, gonna, this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. repeat that, but again, but he shoots the guy twice, like with everybody. And it's, there's always the headshot like he rolls through, shoots him in the stomach, gets him once in the chest. And then, well, I'm just going to make sure you can't come after me still. Boom. And I love the different ways. Like each person, if you really watch that scene, like each person is killed in a different way. 
like one person shot in the knee to bring them down. Then they're shot in the head. Another person is like shot twice in the ribs and then they're shot in the head. Like there's so many different moves. And again, there's, there's a couple of scenes with common where it was like, all right, the action, like some of it was really slow. Maybe you could chalk that up to like, both of those guys are exhausted by the time they get to each other. Um, especially in John's case, but some of the punches felt very sluggish. Um, but man, that that gun shootout scene going through the catacombs, going through the crowd, it never overstaves its welcome. And each time he gets through somebody, it just feels fresh. You know, this this series really shines in the close quarters combat uh, every time there's it. It is very believable that our protagonist is truly a one-man army that can survive wave after wave of of enemies. I mean, Wick is on horde mode throughout this, and he still gets out of it, and it's believable. They, They never rely on supernatural abilities. You know, they don't make our action hero have to do things that can't happen in the real world. It's grounded in the real world, in real world physics. There's no, there's not wire work that, that immediately reminds you you're watching a movie. Um, You know, even going back to the beginning when he's getting his car back, you know, you talked about the creativity, some of those silent takedowns, he, you know, he switches between a garrote and then he makes the guard swallow and then spit out the cigarette later. Like mm-hmm. the creativity there in the choreography is incredible. There's a scene early in the movie where he opens the car door and it launches the biker over top. Oh, God, that um, was awesome. oh, that was so good. And, um, you know, I just really want to touch one more time on the, on that early scene before getting back to the tunnel. I really love the use of judo throughout this movie. I mean, it's really, really well done. Um, However, in this first scene, it's one of those times where like the movie kind of forgets that guns exist. So clearly when we're in uh, the the scene where he's getting his car back, these are only the level one henchmen. You you get the level two guys that have the knives. And then eventually the level three guys have the guns and maybe level four guys have like the flamethrowers or something like that. So these are only the level one guys because none of them have guns, even though they're all scumbags in the underworld, like that, pull guns out of like every orifice you can imagine when they need it later on. Um, Minor, minor complaint because I love, I love the action scene, but this tunnel scene. Wow. As weird as this is going to sound and Matt, you kind of talked about it. Like we're going to stop apologizing for praising the violence and the, and the blood. Right. Um, But the fluidity, the creativity and the choreography is truly a ballet of violence and is beautiful in its own unique way. And it really reminds me a lot, you know, just in terms of creativity and showing me things I've never seen before. You know, if you're an action junkie, if you, if you're really into well done choreography and creative choreography, you know, you'll know who Yuan Wu Ping is. Yuan Wu Ping is a God in this, in this space. And a lot of what I've seen in the first two John Wick movies, just it's it channels Yuan Wu Ping in the best way possible. Um, you know, I and for my money, one of the best action choreographers of all time um, did some work on The Matrix, of course. Um, but uh, just, you know, in this movie is violent, but it never overdoes the gore. Like they don't have, you know, pieces of head and brain just laying all over the place. Like we don't, 
that's not the kind of movie this is. We don't need that in this. Like we can, we can figure like they have the blood splatters and things like that. But I, I kind of appreciate that we don't have like, you know, again, pieces of head and, and arms being detached and, you know, really seeing holes in people's bodies, you know, where I, I think we're better off just having it be fluid and, and not really get that level of detail. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, that's the thing is like there is a lot of violence but it's not you can see things but it's not close-ups like i mean he shoots people in the head with a shotgun but yet you it's not you don't see like chunks and splatter everywhere right it's um because we don't need it no you you don't need it um it it, it wouldn't have added anything but I, i'm going to transition that into this movie one one thing as I was going through, I love the way this movie is shot. And I'm not mm-hmm. just talking about the action. It's everything. Even the camera angle of him walking on the bridge, going to the Continental to talk to Winston for the first time after the house is blown up. The music score. I think the music score in this movie is amazing it is for me it's top notch when he's walking that music that's playing i think is unbelievable like i was so impressed with the framing the cinematography like you don't usually think that about action movies but if you really stop and break this movie down this is a fantastically shot movie i think from a technical standpoint this movie is about as close to flawless as you can find from I, all, I, yeah. all of the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, it's incredibly well executed. Um, again, like you said, with action movies, we kind of focus on the action scenes, you know, is, is our hero believable? Do we like the story? You know, like, and, and then you kind of focus on some of those other things later. Um, it's, you know, you mentioned the cinematography. Can you imagine what a nightmare it was to shoot that scene at the end with all the mirrors? I mean, Oh yeah, th- that was, first of all, I, I, praising the the movie's creativity that was a cool scene to just come up with from a conceptual standpoint i mean it was yeah that's just a really cool idea and then to try to have to go to your dp and be like all right well you can't have anybody in the frame so you figure it out good luck (laughs) seriously (laughs) try not to drink yourself to death in the process yeah that that scene is really good um and because there's there's a character in that scene that I want to backtrack to because I did not know her when I first saw this movie and she's been in a lot more things uh certainly there was a a very controversial story with this actress regarding uh Batwoman but Ruby Rose in this movie I loved her she yeah. has not she has not one piece of dialogue because everything she does is sign language but there was just something about that character that I absolutely loved. And when I first saw this movie, like I had no clue who she was. And I was just like, man, she's really good. Like, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, I just like, I love that. And even after, cause like John gets betrayed when he's trying to go through the catacombs, he goes through a bunch of those men. He gets into that fight with Cassian, which I love. They bust through the window and they're like, gentlemen, no fighting on the continental grounds. <laughs> And they're like, they just get up, they brush each other off, well, brush themselves off. And I love, too, just the little, again, it's little tiny details where he's like, 
I, I think Cassian, he says to Cassian, Jin, right? That's that's what he says to Cassian. And then Cassian says to him, is it bourbon? Bourbon. bourbon? Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, yes. And they just walk off to the bar and they have a drink. And even that conversation, too, of like John telling him, like, I had a marker. This is what I did. I had no choice. And even Cassian's like, so you had no choice. But here's what it is. Like, even that scene, it's just so well done. And I'll make sure it's quick. It'll be a, like considered a professional courtesy. You know, he says, like, I'll try to do the same for you. And then, like, Ruby's character, uh, Ares, is, like, sitting there. And she's just like, can I get you a drink? And then says, like, I'll be seeing you. And it's like, okay, there's just, it. I don't understand. Like, I was thinking about this. I don't understand why these movies are so good because <laughs> I really don't. Because you think about back in the 80s when these action movies were the thing. Big muscle guys, action scenes, huge explosions. You know, that's what the action movies were. You, you look at action movies nowadays and how many of them are really, really successful that are like, you know what I mean? Like, or really well filmed. You'd be like, yeah, you know, it was good, but there's not a lot to it. There's not a really interesting story. You're just interested because, all right, the action's good. That is not this movie. And I am just like, I'm amazed. And I'll just talk about the first two because I don't want to do spoilers, you know, for the third, obviously. I am just amazed that these two movies are as good as they are because this is not your typical action movie yeah um you're, you're right there's a lot there's a lot here that you know feels like a, a truly complete film and not just a mindless action mm -hmm. movie it, you know it's funny you mentioned the scene at the bar there's a lot of ways that that could have played out and again the stereotypical a bot could have written this hollywood movie would have probably had a situation where they walk away from the bar, they shake hands, they, they reconcile their differences because Cassian realizes John had no choice. This was a marker of his that was called in. He had to comply with it. He understands the rules of the world they live in. And he, they would have agreed, like, I don't like it, but I understand. And then later on in the movie, Cassian shows up as a deus ex machina when John is, you know, in trouble and about right. to be taken out. And Cassian's the one that saves him. Like, you could have seen where that happened. And that's not what we got. And because that's what I love. Happen. <laughs> we've, I, I mean, literally, I've just described a scene from every action movie ever, almost. Um, and we didn't get that. And that's what I love about this series. Yeah, it's, you know, and then even again, the subtlety of and I want, you know, you, you you sit there and think like, OK, what has happened after this? But when they have their final fight. And John gets the best of Cassian and he said, Rob, um, what what does he say? He's like, the blade is in your is he's a, is a order. And he's like, yeah. if you pull it out, you will bleed and die. Consider this a professional courtesy. And the crazy shit is he's like sits there and smiles. Like when John gets off the train, like Cassian's sitting there and smiling. And like even that scene, I'm like, that's just really well done. 
Yeah, there's um it makes you wonder like how long could he leave that in for before that would kill him anyways because I feel like that would kill him like almost instantly if if not instantly. <laughs> That's why I'm wondering if it's where it's like so is he telling him that like if you take it out and try to pursue me you're going to die. But if you sit here and get help like I'm letting you li- like I don't know how that works. Like I don't know if he could actually survive that. But like in my head I was like did John spare his life? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's stupid. Um, Cause maybe he would just die. Like he's going to die anyway. Like, I don't know what that to me. I don't know what that actually meant. Yeah. Because if he, if he was going to die anyways, that kind of goes back on him giving him a quick death. You know, like it seems like he, it seems like that wasn't, and it seems like they were likely, I don't know if that would say they were friends in a previous, you know, work situation but they were at least colleagues they were at least friendly colleagues i would think like it it feels like there's a respect level there like that thing like there's certain you know even the 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 manager the winston of the continental in rome like the respect that's there for john he's like are you here for the pope no okay well (laughs) like here's a room like even that like i laughed at that like are you here for the pope he's like no like um but even that like so i feel like there was a level of respect between him and cassian like they respect you know the the line of work that they're in um but yeah i just i i really like that scene and then you know you you get to the the climax of the movie which this is i i I spoiled this talking about john wick um but before you get to the actual the the climax of the movie we get a matrix reunion, um, which I loved, um, with Lawrence Bushburn and, and Keanu Reeves. Uh, what did you think of, of his character? Um, you know, there's, uh, I liked that, uh, John kind of threw a coin to the homeless guy and, and that was his way out. You know, there was, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of his, um, you know, just that with just that that world building again is so cool to me um and i kept waiting for something to feel morpheus and neo-esque in their back and forth i kept waiting it for something to feel that way and it never did it it never did to me and i i like that about this because i didn't want it to feel like that scene or, or that relationship again because i didn't i didn't want that to be this movie yeah, that's and I like that. It was nice to see them on screen together, together again. But again, I like that it felt fresh. That it's a shame we couldn't have gotten it for Matrix Four. Right, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a ooh. shame about a lot of things for Matrix Four. <laughs> it, it's a shame Matrix Four exists. Um, but <laughs> yep. I, I feel. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like that. Um, I, I like the fact that like there's the world inside the world you know with what he has going on um and then i just love you know there's another lengthy action scene that leads to that mirror scene but i I just again i love the phrase would be the brass balls on john to he just shows up at this exhibit (laughs) like yeah (laughs) like so I i i love it I have to just, I have to wonder though. So we've praised the world. We've praised the uniqueness of it and the, um, just kind of the, 
the lore that seems to be at play here. Does does it bother you at all that you know um, you know Santino put a contract out or, or called him to fulfill his oath? He fulfills his oath and he immediately puts a contract on him, and now he's going to succeed his sister. When there's plenty of people who knew that the only reason John killed his sister was because Santino called in the favor. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of people who knew that. And we get to the end and it's it's a minor complaint. And I think it might be something that on a rewatch might bother me more. Okay. That everybody's just OK. Everybody's just OK with the fact that he did that. Too many people would have known that. Like if if Cassian was really sore about Gianna's death, I feel like it would have made more sense. And I'm going to kind of maybe almost contradict something I said earlier. It almost would have made more sense for Cassian to want to take out Santino more than John. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. There's, there's a little bit of wonkiness there with some of the story beats that I think I, I would have liked something to iron that out better for me. No, I think I, I think that's a valid talking point. Um, for me, I feel like I feel like there's kind of like a throwaway line, and I can't remember exactly what it was, um, because people did know about it. But again, like in the rules of this world, he didn't actually break anything. So even though like he's the one who put out the hit and like Winston knows about it and other people know he's technically not breaking any rules. So although they might not like it, they just have to go with it. Cause even Winston says like, you know, you better fulfill the marker. And I even love to how Winston's like, you have no control over me. Like I'm, in charge here like this is my spot and even when he like even just the i forgot what um santino says to him but when he's like and you it's privileges i like yeah he just like looks back at him like what <laughs> like i just kind of threatened you and he's like winston's just so nonchalant about it like that was really yeah, he, funny to me. He doesn't even respond with the have the day you deserve kind of like backhanded. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you just know, like, really have a nice day. Right. And I feel like, again, like the reason why I'm kind of like, OK, with with what you were talking about is because even Winston warns him, like, you knew what would come. Like, even Winston says, like, he's going to come for you and try to kill you. And if you're not on continental grounds. Who cares? Like, I don't have to protect you. I don't have to revoke his membership. I don't have to do anything. Like, that's it. Um, So I, well, I certainly, I think that is a very valid point and something that, you know, like you said, on a rewatch, you might be like, eh, I'm not really sure. Um, I just feel like within the rules of this universe, nobody's really broken anything. Just because you're a dick kind of doesn't matter. Like, cause everybody seems to think this guy's a dick. And, and I think, it, so it's partially that, but I think some of the bigger complaint there is that if he's getting this seat at this high table, but everybody knows that he's the one that ordered the hit on his sister, uh, unless it's literally just like a monarchy where it just passes to um, the, next. the next of kin, regardless, like 
to me, I just go, why would they want to make deals with this guy? They obviously know they can't trust him. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would have liked something a little more fleshed out there um, just to, to make me feel a little bit better that they, it kind of has some cohesion to it. Minor complaint, though. You know, yeah, no, I think that, that again, that is really, uh, that's really well said, actually. I, I, I agree with that. Um, the you get the mirror scene again. He takes out all those people. Um, I did like the little subtle, you know, I did like the little be seeing you, John, after he kills Eris's character or, you know, is in the process of killing her. Um, but boy, I tell you, I think that's actually a callback to the last movie. I think somebody else he took out said that same line to him. Yes. Um, I just, the, the tension buildup, and again, I had already seen this, but did you know what was coming, or did you think, like, somehow, some way, this was going to end, you know, a, a, like, this was going to end a different way, or did you predict that he's just going to walk in, and he, sh- you know, he shoots him in the Continental? I did not see that coming at all. Uh, up to this point, John has not shown a lot of regard for his own well-being through the first two movies, other than he has to stay alive to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And I did, I do feel though that he respected the rules of what he signed up for. He respected, you know, he has this marker, he doesn't like it, but he's going to honor it. Even though the guy just blew up his house with an incendiary grenade. Um, you know, and he's lost a lot of what he still held true, but okay, fine. He's going to at least honor what he, he swore to. And the, the, the rules of the continental matter to him. He follows those. So when he just pulls out his gun and blows him away, I shouldn't have been surprised by that, I guess, because, you know, I was expecting a, l- a little more of a climactic sort of battle, but we haven't gotten that throughout this series. So I should have known better that that wasn't going to just follow the Hollywood tradition. It was going to do something different and it makes it so much more interesting. It makes the character of John that much more interesting to me. And now it seems like he does want to live. It seems like he wants to survive. It it's, it's strange. I, and I'm, I'm noticing that change with him. Like if, if he, I don't know if, if he really wanted to live, he would have waited and and planned and and eventually got him and continued to follow the rules, but he doesn't care anymore. He's going to operate outside the rules. So I think thinking about what the third one is going to look like, it could be, it's going to be really interesting and I'm excited for it. Yeah. I, when I first saw this, I was like, when, when that happened, I was shocked by it. I really was. Um, And just, Again, there's something there's something between Winston and Jonathan that there, he, Winston's the only one that calls him Jonathan. Yeah, there seems like there's That's a lot there's there's there seems like there's a lot more there and I'm intrigued like I'm intrigued by it. Um but and Again, you can tell he cares for him based on the ending scene because he meets him, you know, in the park. Um, And you can tell Winston's like 
hurt by him telling Jonathan that like the Continental is off grounds. Like you have none of its privileges. You're excommunicado. Your life is forfeit. And that again, you, you have to believe that this world exists. Um, but in this, you know, in this universe, I do. But that scene where he's like, then why am I not dead? And he's like, because I deemed it not to be. And then everybody just stops and looks at him. I was like, ooh, that's tense. Like, yeah. I really liked that as well. But then, again, first seeing this movie, when Winston says, you might need this, and he hands him a marker, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, so he's going to... is he's going to help him eventually. Like, even though he's excommunicado, like, well, the marker's sacred. You have to honor it. So how will that play into the third one? Um, and then again, like, I just love the fact that this hot, like, like, well, I, eh, I guess secret society, but they're using old typewriters. And like, I love those scenes of them testing yes. in everything. Like, I, and the old I, like phone switcher with the yeah. they got to plug the jack in. It's awesome. <laughs> yes, I love all that. Um, but when he, you know, again when he's like, "Whoever comes, I'll kill them. I'll kill them all." And Winston's just like, "Of course you will." And it's like, "Yeah, I actually believe that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like it's so believable. But then too, like the tension and the ramp up to the actual like end end of the movie when he's walking um, with the dog who doesn't have a name. And I, for some reason, I love that every time he says that, does he have a name? No. Like, like for some reason, I find that really funny that this dog doesn't have a name. Um, uh, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Um, sorry. Um, I, I just, for some reason, find that really funny. But when he starts seeing all of these people getting the messages that he's excommunicado and the contract is there and he starts running like, like I literally was like, Oh, I want the third one. Like, Oh my God. Like, where's this going to go? Um, and I just, I, again, I just, I love this movie. I, I thought the way that it ended was, was really well done. It made you want to see what happens. Like, okay, where is this going to go? Yeah, the first one ends and you want a sequel just because you like so much of what they did, not because they necessarily, you know, set up a sequel with the first right. one. This one, it clearly leads right into another film, which is great. Fine. Like, give me 75 of these. I'll watch all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got four. Um, well, the fourth one coming out and then there is a spinoff sh uh, show coming out, too. So. Um, which I'm interested in called the continental. Um, I, I'm actually interested to see what they're going to do with that, but what's uh, that going to be on? I, I don't know that I've heard this yet. I actually do not know what that's going to be on. It's been a while since I've really looked into anything for that. Um, so making another comparison back to uh, the Bourne series, um, they made five Bourne movies. They've got four and possibly more John Wick movies planned. They made a one season show about the organization behind yep. all of it called Treadstone that it wasn't until we we covered it that I even bothered to look up anything about it and even discovered that, that exists because I'd heard nothing about it. It's never talked about like nobody knows that that exists. I'm a little nervous, even though I want I want to know more about the continent like that would be cool. I want that. Um, I'm a little nervous. 
the the thing that I do like about it, and there's another project in the works, but I'm not going to say what it is because that will be a spoiler for you. Um, the thing that I like is the people that are doing it, the Continental are the ones who do the John Wick movies. Okay, it's got like, a shot. With Treadstone, it was not people involved real, like realistically with the franchise. With this, this is people who have worked on this. So I have a little bit more confidence that it could be interesting. Now, how long can it go? I'm not really sure. I don't need every single TV show to be five, six, seven, eight, you know, 11 Walking Dead seasons long, um, <laughs> you know, depending. Uh, um, but I am interested in that. So, Rob, any any final thoughts that you had on this movie? Uh I enjoyed it thoroughly. If you can't tell already, um, I, I, I'm so mad at myself that I waited this long to watch it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really a blast. And if, if you're somebody who's been listening, that's never seen this movie and you just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'd, I'd like, I'd maybe like to check this out, but I don't know that I'll ever have time. So maybe I'll just kind of listen to a breakdown of it. Like, no, really it's on HBO max. Like go watch this, or I'm sorry. It's not HBO max. This is on Tubi. Yeah. This is literally on an app that whatever device you were listening to this show on right now, you can download for free and watch this movie for free. There will be some limited commercial interruptions, but you can literally watch this movie for free and you have absolutely no reason not to watch this movie. Or if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again. You should. Yeah. Or um, depending on when you're listening to this episode, because we're talking about this on November 21st. Um if you catch before, uh, you know, if you catch it before Black Friday ends, you can buy these on 4K for like $7.99 right now. Um, oh, my. Yeah. Like you can buy all three of them for seven. I think the third one's $9.99, but the first two are $7.99 right now, um, <laughs> like for Black Friday sales. So I would definitely say that these are worth $7.99. Like these, easily. these are definitely like easily worth that price. Um, considering like if you wanted to rent it because you didn't want commercials, it's three ninety nine to rent. So for an extra <laughs> four bucks, own it. Um, but we will move to the popcorn time review. And Rob, I'm going to go first this time because I actually thought about this one. And, you know, there were a couple things that I did have a few issues with in this one. One was that you know, just the, the casualness that people had um, when the like the violence was going on around them. The only time that I felt people acted really accordingly was that scene um, after he kills the ward. Um, like the people in the concert, like, get the hell out of there. Um, like everybody goes running and I'm like, OK, like that makes sense. But I cannot in good conscience, like. I still, with everything else, though, it ups everything from the first one. And even though I feel like I didn't have complaints about the first one and had a few minor things, I still have to give this five buckets. Like, I just thoroughly had a blast with this. I almost did consider giving it four and a half. And I said, no, like, I just had a really great time. I think it ups everything from the first one. Um, and my small complaint is not enough to say that this is not if I like this better than the first one, I, I have to give it the same score. So for me, this is, this is a five, just like the first one. 
Uh, no surprise. I'm also at a five and I assumed that we would both be five on this. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the things that I, I kind of made note of that I like, ah, that could have been better. I didn't particularly care for that. Or I wish this would have been one would have been handled a little bit differently. Doesn't in any way add up to enough where it detracts from how great of a ride this movie is. And if you love good action, it, the creativity and the execution is top notch. I mean, it's really, it, it, I said this about the first one. I'm going to repeat this for the second one, that if you are somebody who works in the industry and you're looking to get into being a second unit director, or you're going to work in the stunt field of some kind, like the John Wick films should be required viewing. If you want to get into it, it just to show you, what's possible when you break out from the standard, just what you get with everything else. This, this is what this is. This is choreography and and action at the highest level. Yeah, no, it, it really is like, this is boy. You just, if you want to make an action film and see how to, to frame it, this is what you should look at. You know, it, it it's just it's so well done. Um, I can't wait for you to watch the third one. <laughs> and I, I just I cannot wait for the fourth movie. Um, have you watched the trailer for it yet? Or are you going to wait until you watch the third one? I'm going to wait. OK, yeah, I, I figured as much. So, you know, that's going to do it for for this episode of, of John Wick 2. Well, John Wick Chapter 2 uh, we will be moving on to Chapter 3. And then we will be getting into the Cloverfield franchise with Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and the Cloverfield Paradox uh, that takes us into December. And by the time we're done, good God, it's almost going to be 2023. I cannot believe that. Yeah. So uh, later this week, um, you know, we were recording this on a uh, on a Monday night. Uh, it'll be Thanksgiving in just a few days. Um, Matt, what are you thankful for in the entertainment industry? Be it video games, comics, movies, TV. What are you most thankful for for uh, from the entertainment industry right now? God of War Ragnarok. I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that was coming. I was I was late to get on i asked rob to give me a couple more minutes because i was trying to get to a save point in that game i could not put it down um but you know i guess rob i think that's a not to get crazy sentimental here but maybe that's a good time um you know i want to say that i am i am thankful for one of my childhood memories from the entertainment industry and it's probably fitting to say this now um sadly news came of the passing of jason david frank who most people would know as uh tommy oliver the green ranger white ranger and mighty Morphin power rangers um but that was like that show was a huge part of my childhood but you know i i guess what i'm gonna say here is not only just the entertainment industry like if you guys are listening to this episode like I'm thankful for my friends. I'm I'm thankful for Rob. I'm I'm thankful for Harrison, who people know from the basement binge. Um, obviously, you know, obviously my my two sons, Brandon and Peyton, my family. But 
yeah, you know, you just, you never know when you might need someone to talk to, have a shoulder to lean on. Um, and this right here, like, this is such a, a good outlet for me to, to talk about movies in, you know, a setting with somebody who I consider a very good friend, um, who I met through a job and neither of us work at, well, you know, we don't work for the same company anymore, but you know, that's, you know, I, I feel like we, we a hundred percent, I feel talk more now than when we work for the same, <laughs> like for the yeah. same company. And to me, that's the sign of our friendship was real at that time. Um, yeah. and I am thankful for that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, I'm thankful you started this show two and a half years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was just thankful that you were, you putting it out, you know, just give me something to listen to. And then, uh, you know, in, having the opportunity to come on and talk about the MCU rankings, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity once, sometimes twice a week to have, you know, something to look forward to regardless of everything else going on. Uh, listeners, I'm thankful for you. Uh, you, you chose this show, you downloaded this show, you, you subscribe to the show, you interact with the show on social media and, uh, and hopefully have told your friends about this show. So, uh, thank you for taking a moment to listen to my inane ramblings at times and, uh, continue to support the show. Thank you for, uh, if you've bought any of the, uh, sponsors products, you know, I'm thankful for, for you for that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, the, the news about Jason David Frank, you know, I was, I was into Power Rangers for a little bit. I, I kind of got out of, uh, you know, some of those shows as as I got older. But I distinctly remember, you know, when the Green Ranger showed up and I distinctly remember him being the White Ranger. And, um, you know, that was one it started with Ninja Turtles and then it moved into Power Rangers, I think, were some of the biggest influences on me having kind of a lifelong passion for martial arts that I was never able to do anything about till I was already in college, um, and, and have, you know, been in love with it ever since. Um, you know, I, I think those were two major influences on it and, uh, yeah, it was, it was disappointing news, but in terms of things I'm thankful for, yeah, I'm thankful for Matt. I'm thankful for the show. Thankful for our friend Harrison that we get a chance to talk to and, uh, listeners, I'm thankful for you. Yeah. Well said. So, you know, Hey, listeners, if, you want to respond to the show, tell us what you're thankful for, um, regardless of what it is. So we appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can stay up to date as we've got a ton more coming. Um, certainly need to figure out a roadmap for December um, to close out the year, but you can interact with the show on all social media platforms. We are on Reddit, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can email the show. It's a very simple email. It's basically the initials. It's mgttmpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're thankful for. And we will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movie.